0: Our gospel lesson this day comes from the gospel of John, the 21st chapter. We are going to begin in the first verse. This third Sunday of Easter, we also read of the third appearance of the risen Christ amongst the disciples. So let's listen for the word that God has to speak to each of us and to the world this day. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, have you no fish? They answered, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far off from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. So in some ways, beloved, this is a story about weariness. The disciples have experienced all of the, the ups and downs of Holy Week together. Uh, they have now seen Jesus twice after he has been raised from the dead. And yet they are worn out, tired. They have, you imagine, spent a lot of time together trying to figure out what's next, what they are to do. That sort of contemplation, trying to figure out what we are to do next, that can be exhausting. That can be exhausting work to wrestle with, especially when you're doing it in a group, trying to do group processing. That can be tiring. And so Simon Peter says to the other disciples gathered on the shore that day, I'm going fishing. And they say, we'll come with you. When we are tired, when we are weary, we often default back to the way that we used to be. When we are tired and worn down, doing something brand new can seem even more exhausting to contemplate. So instead, we fall back to the way that things were. And so Peter and the other disciples do that. They happen in the a and they go out and they spend the night fishing. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know the weariness that they have experienced. We have seen the resurrection indeed, but we also know what, what it means to be bone tired, weary. Some of us know what weariness looks like from staying up all night with a colicky newborn. Some of us know what weariness feels like from sleeping on the sofa in a hospital room of a parent. Some of us know weariness from holding vigil by the bedside of a spouse. Some of us know weariness from another failed attempt at sobriety. Others know weariness from relationships, another one, not working out like we expected. Still others know the weariness of yet another round of chemo. And then some know the weariness of yet another change. The weariness of the disciples is known to us even this day. With whatever burden we have carried to this place, it is known to the world as well. And when we when we are weary, we often fall back to the way things used to be. That's what they've done. They've gone fishing. They were fishermen long before they were followers of Jesus Christ and they have fallen back into their old ways. This story, in some ways, is about weariness, but this story is also about remembering. This mysterious figure on the shore says, have you caught anything? Knowing the answer before he asks. No. Cast your nets on the other side. There's a catch there. And even as he gives that instruction, there is remembering. There must be. Just a few months ago, we read the text where the disciples, as they are being called, they've, they've fished all night, and they've come up empty, and the, this man that they don't fully know encourages them to go out into the deeper water and cast once again, and that time they get so many fish in their net they gotta call another boat because theirs starts sinking, and then there's two nets full of fish and they pull them in. The second this mysterious figure on the beach says to them, cast the net on the other side, this story we understand is about remembering. Remember when you fished all night and came up empty? Remember who met you that morning? in your weariness. And then later, when they pull those nets ashore, they find this charcoal fire with just fish and bread being grilled on it there. And they must be thinking, one of them has to say, we've seen this before. Last time we saw it, there were five loaves and a couple fish, and we had no idea that we could feed 5,000 people with that amount of food. It's as if the the figure that they don't fully know in their midst is saying, do you remember when you thought you didn't have enough, but you had plenty for everyone? And to Peter, as he gathers around and takes a seat around that fire, it's interesting. Jesus tells him to go and grab some fish from the net, the net that he's abandoned when he's jumped naked into the sea. We're not going to dive too deep into that part of Peter's night of fishing. We don't get that part. But he's the last one to shore, and he's the last one to the fire. And when he gets to the fire, we think to ourselves... This story has to be about remembering, because the last time we saw Peter around a charcoal fire, he was warming himself as Jesus was moving through the passion. The last time we saw Peter around the charcoal fire, he was denying the Savior that he had walked with for three years. The last time we saw Peter, he was seeking security as he watched his Savior suffer. This story is about remembering so that the disciples might be reoriented to the new thing that has already come. Let me say that again. This story is about remembering what was so that we might be reoriented to the new thing that we are. And if this story is about weariness and if it's about remembering, then it's also about seeing with new eyes because that's what happens to the disciples around the fire. Scripture tells us that there is this awkward thing at the table that morning. If you ever had an awkward meal, maybe with your family or friends seated around the table, the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about is right there with you, that's what happens on the beach that day. They all knew it was Jesus, but nobody dared ask if it was actually him. That's the air on the seashore that day. They needed to see with new eyes who he was in their midst. Some would question whether this breakfast of fish and bread constitutes communion. It probably wouldn't be ordained as such by the greater church, But I can't imagine it's anything else. The next time that Jesus has a meal with his disciples after he has instituted the one that we will celebrate this day. The fish and the bread are stand-ins for the elements of the universe, which always communicate the incarnate presence of God. So this day it will be cup and bread, and that morning it was fish and bread. Rachel Held Evans tells us this is the purpose of the sacraments of the church. To help us see. To point to the bread and the wine or the fish. The orchids and the food pantries and the post-funeral potlucks and the post-communion dance parties and say, pay attention. This stuff matters. These things are holy. So that morning on that beach so many years ago, The disciples got to sit and be reminded of the holiness in the ordinary work of simply sitting around table together. And if this story is about weariness, and if this story is about remembering, and if this story is about having new eyes, then this story is really at its core about grace. And the call of this story to each of us this day is to see what Bob Goff encourages us to see. That when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't make a speech. He didn't preach a long sermon to him. He simply made his friends breakfast and sat in the sand and shared bread and a little fish. And that was enough. Grace meets the disciples as they've fallen back into their old way of being on that seashore that day and has a fire for them to get warm and prepare some food. Grace meets the disciples where they are, but is not content to leave them there. That's, that it is at least a part of what Anne Lamott is trying to communicate to each of us when she says, I do not understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are and does not leave, it, leave us where it found us. So this day, beloved, in our weariness from being seated in that hospital room or from that other round of chemo or from one more change that we have had to navigate together, may we remember the places of connection and the ways in which God has been at work in this community and in our lives. But may we also have a vision to see the new thing that God is doing to welcome grace in our midst in the form of Christ Jesus. And maybe around this table, or maybe around the potluck table later today, we might know that Christ doesn't have a prophetic word to preach to us this day necessarily. He simply offers his presence and a meal. And it turns out that for us, just like for the disciples, that's enough. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Mother of us all. Amen.